the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, President of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and we're certainly glad, my friend, to be on the air again today with the wonderful message of the wonderful grace of God. And have the opportunity to greet you by way of this radio broadcast. I realize that this weekend, Easter weekend, is 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 a weekend, uh, the weekend of the year. Uh, and this Sunday will be the, the, uh, the Sunday of the year when more people think about going to church than any other uh, Sunday or any other weekend of the year, including... Christmas time. Christmas and Easter are when most people think about going to church. And you know, you see big signs around at, at Christmas time, come home for Christmas. But Easter really is the the uh, the time when when most people uh, think about even when they don't think any other time of going to church they'll think about it at Easter. Uh, it's the it's the the most uh, uh, popular, honored, sacred, whatever you want to call it, uh, holiday on the Christian calendar. Um, it's interesting that uh, that there is no Easter in Islam. There's no Easter in, in Buddhism, Taoism, or Zoroastrianism, or any other religions of the world. They don't have an Easter. In fact, they don't have anything even to compare with it. Because the issue of resurrection is, is an issue that's peculiarly uh, confined to the God of the Bible. Because to have a God of uh, a resurrection, you have to have a God uh, that is, is alive. You have to have a living God. I've always been impressed in Timothy when Paul wrote to, first, to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3. He, he talked about the local church at, at Ephesus. And he said that, uh, that, that thou not mightest know how thou should behave thyself in, in, the, in, in, the, in the house of God, the church of the living God. You see, there was, there was another church at Ephesus. There was another religious system at Ephesus. Uh, you go back in Acts 19 and you read about them. They got all mad at Paul. He's preaching the word of God and people getting saved and abandoning all of their pagan uh, ideas and pagan books and pagan philosophies and coming and, and, and sitting down around at the foot of the cross and rejoicing in the grace of God and the liberty that that gives us from religion and from, from the, uh, the, the, the use of shrines and idols and all the rest. And, and the, the, uh, the church down that was dedicated to Diana at Ephesus, greatest Diana of Ephesus, and the silversmiths, and the idol makers, and the, you know, the, the aids to worship. 
uh, the the uh, uh, the the prayer wheels and the prayer beads and the the statues and all the different things that they were making. Uh, they got all upset. Why? Well, because when people got saved, they didn't need all the the stuff. They had life in Christ. <laughs> they didn't need all the all the the trinkets. They didn't need the house to visit to find their God because their God lived inside of them. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We don't need a building to be a temple. We don't need to go somewhere and find God in a building today. We carry God around with us as believers because His Holy Spirit indwells us. We have intimate, personal communion with Him in our inner man. We don't need to go to a building somewhere to pray today as members of the body of Christ because we have God the Holy Spirit resident in us and it's the Spirit of God that lives in us that makes intercession for us. It's through Him that we're able to pray, have contact with the Godhead. Uh, He's our contact with God. We don't have to pray across the universe. Uh, A fellow told me one time, he said, you know, Brother Rick, I uh, my prayers just don't seem to get through the roof. I said, well, quit trying to pray through the roof. <laughs> God isn't, you know, you, we're not doing this by long distance anymore. You you have God, the Holy Spirit, resident in your inner man, the Bible says. The Spirit of Christ dwells in you. And Paul says if, if you don't have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, then you're none of his, because that's what God's doing today. So not only does God live in the third heaven as the transcendent holy other, but he lives in intimate fellowship with us and our inner man and our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Imagine how. See, that's why Paul says that the, 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 the God wants you to know, wants the saints to know what is the riches or the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, it's Christ in you that's the issue. And that means you don't need buildings and you don't, don't need ceremonies and you don't need bellhops and busboys as go-betweens between you and God because there is this intimate, personal relationship that you have with God through Jesus Christ that is is an internal thing inside of you. That's why it's his word that's the issue. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. The only the only objective external thing that you can do is to take his word, the written word of God, and then store that in your inner man the Word is written by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Well, the, the Spirit of God that wrote the Word of God is the Spirit of God that indwells you, that gives life to your spirit, that uh, uh, is there to take His Word and make it into energy and life in you as you believe it. That's why the Word of God works effectually in you that believe. So we don't need all this religion. And that's what he's telling Timothy and the saints at Ephesus. You guys are the church of the living God. You are the house of God. Now, the, the church at Ephesus, uh, the church of Diana, had a great big temple with a steeple on top and, and icons around and, and confession booths and, and, and priests that went around and did, did their thing. And they had all these, these uh, uh, silversmiths that made these beautiful icons and so forth. And they said, Paul, you're putting us out of business. Go back and read it. It would be a wonderful thing for you to do today, just to read Acts 19 and read this story about how they turned on the Apostle Paul and tried to kill him, ran him out of town, because he was hurting their business. He was hurting the, the, the business of their religion. And Timothy says, you and I are the church of the living God. There are a lot of gods in the world. People make gods out of money. They make gods out of cars and status and all the rest. But there's only one living God. There's only one God that gives life. 
The only place you're going to find Easter, and when I say Easter, I'm not talking about the idolatrous worship of Easter, you know, the old pagan fertility god with the with, who was a you know the, the idol was a rabbit, bunny rabbit with Easter, you know, with uh, colored eggs at her feet. I'm talking about that. I know you probably don't know anything about that. Just get a world book encyclopedia and read it, and look up Easter, and you'll see the history of the word and where it came from. But we, we don't, you know, we're not thinking about, we don't do too, so much of that. Most people don't have any idea about all that today. Some, for some reason, you bring all that idolatrous practice into your life. But, you know, when we think of Easter, we in the Christian faith, we think of the resurrection. Now, you know Christ wasn't resurrected on this weekend because this week Easter weekend changes every week. Religion gets involved. But I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in what the Bible says about the resurrection life of Christ. And there is a life that is yours, that is mine in Christ today, a life that is ours especially because it's the life of Jesus Christ. The book of Philippians is a wonderful book. Paul, in each chapter, has uh, has, a, has a key verse. Chapter 1, he says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Wow, what a life verse that would be. Chapter 2, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, thinking process will be like-minded. Think like he thinks. Have his mindset be ours. Chapter 4, he says, For I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He's our life. He's our mind. He's our strength. And in Philippians 3.10, he says, that his goal in life, Paul's goal, he says that I may know him and, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. When I read that verse, I think about it because that's not a tempestuous, uh, enthusiastic outburst of a new convert or some religious novice. After 35-plus years... Paul, I mean, the, the, Philippians is written at least 35 years after that revolutionizing collision that Paul had with Christ on the road to Damascus. After 35 years of a vital, thrilling communion with his Savior, Paul says, you know, my one goal in life is just to know him. The overmastering passion of Paul's Christ-intoxicated life was just to know him, get to know him more and more personally, directly, intimately, experientially, to know him, to have that intimate, personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that I may know him, that I may know him directly, uh, not, not just know about him, not just increased data. Paul has that. But Paul wants a direct, immediate, heart-to-heart knowledge of him. You know, you can't know Buddha that way. You know why? Because he's dead. <laughs> you don't know Buddha, you've got to go visit his grave. You can't know Muhammad that way, I'm sorry. You can't know Confucius like that. But you see, you can know Christ that way. Not know about him, but know him. My dad went to be with the Lord a number of years ago. I have his memory. I remember him. But, you know, I can't sit down with him and hold a conversation any longer because he's not here. He's gone. But Christ died, but he's not dead. That's, that's, the, that's the life that Easter brings. Christianity is not built on a coffin lid, my friend. Jesus Christ, 
is, is no mere pathetic echo of the bygone past. The Lord Jesus Christ is with us now, not only as a, as a cheering recollection. He's, he's not the prisoner of yesteryear and yesterday. But the Lord Jesus Christ is the ever-living, ever-loving, everlasting Savior that breaks in on us every day, and hence we may know Him. We may know Him, not just about Him, not just trafficking in His things, but we can know Him. Now, the only way it's possible to know Him is through His Word. He has sent us His Word, His revelation. He's called the Word of God. His, the Bible is called the Word of God. And we know Him through His Word. He breaks into our life. He speaks to us today through His Word. That's why, week after week right here, I say to you that it's the key to the Christian life. Your Christian life won't operate on the basis of ignorance. It operates only on the basis of an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you, upon which you rest by faith. You take your faith, rest it in the facts of what God says is accomplished for you at the crosswork of Christ, through the, through the crosswork. When I say the crosswork, I mean His death at Calvary, and the finality of what was accomplished there, and then His resurrection and the reality of the life that God has given us in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, your faith rests on the facts of God's Word about who God has made you in Christ. That rather than it being just empty form, there is a reality of fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, where you, where you in your own self and your own person, know Him. And this is not some mystical kind of an experience that you have to go off into a closet and close the door and seek this is the present position and status that God has already granted to you in His Son. Can I say to you, my friend, if you're a believer today, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with God Almighty through Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying here is take it personally. Don't have this personal relationship without taking it personally in your life. By you getting into his don't don't have a mindless traffic in religious and and and, and, and ritualism, whether it's Bible believing ritualism where you just traffic through the doctrines, and they become unfelt truths, things that are just that you're just mentally gymnastically working through, or whether it's religious ritualism with ceremonies and days and and places you go to try to make God happy with you. Rather, have an intelligent understanding of who God has made you in Christ. Relax and sit back with his, his word rightly divided. And take Romans to Philemon, Paul's epistles, God's word to you to, to me today. And, and sit down and see who it is God's made you in Christ. And get in a fellowship with some people that, that appreciate the grace life. And, and learn out of God's word who it is God's made you. And then take your stand on that. And let that be what, can, what renews and tra- your mind. And you'll see that as your mind is renewed by the truths of God's grace to you in Christ, then your life is transformed for his glory. Know him directly. Know him, he says, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection. That's the the liberating life 
that, that, that is there for us in Christ. There's power to, to liberate us. You remember Peter on the day of Pentecost said about the Lord Jesus that Israel, he said to Israel, you have taken by wicked hands and have crucified and slain him. But God raised him up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. It was not possible that death should hold him. He opened death's gates because it wasn't possible for death to hold him. Why? Because on the cross he put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, that he might appear the second time without sin. The wages of sin is death. You see, what causes death is sin. And when you put away sin, death has no more power over you. And Jesus Christ at Calvary completely put away, he paid all of our sin debt. You know, the, 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 the weight of sin, the guilt of sin, you know that. You know what that is. You think of the, think of your own sin. Think of that thing down in your heart that, that you know is there, that, that if you were to pull it out and put it on the table, you'd never want anyone else to see it. The, the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment of that sin, of your sin, he took it. And he hung on the cross and he said to the fathers that blame me for your sin. And he put away. He died for our sin. He died as the one paying for the, the penalty, for the guilt of our sin. He bore it in his own soul, made his soul a sacrifice for our sin, not only yours but the sins of all the world. <coughs> and when he died there, he took your sin out of the way. Why? That he then might give you his life. You see, the only answer for sin is death, and the only answer for death is life. So the finality of the cross gives way to the reality of the resurrection because once sin is put away, it's not possible that death should hold him, so he comes forth as the victor over sin and over death and over the grave. And that's why in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, speaking about the cross, Paul says, Having spoiled principalities and powers, Christ made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross. Not only does he put away our sin, but he puts away our accuser. The Lord Jesus Christ is more than a match for the adversary. Uh, he's beaten down and defeated to the point of humiliation, that, that, that once proud and successful tempter, and he's liberated us. You see, we've been set free. And Paul says, I, 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 my, my goal, my, my heart's desire is to know him, because when I know him, then I begin to know something of the power of his resurrection life, the liberating life of Christ, where he set me free. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And I'm free from the downpull of, of, of this earth. From all the from from the petty and the little and the impure and the binding and and the treachery of circumstances and sickness and temptation and I'm free from fear and anxiety and doubt and bitterness and frustration and malice and envy and resentfulness and anger and hostility and restlessness and dread and drudgery and depression and aimlessness and alienation and addiction and you name it. We're free because we're alive in Christ. Circumstances don't control us. 
and don't dictate our life. We have life in Christ regardless of where we are. This, this larger life and radiant victory of it's not I, but it's Christ living in me. Then he goes on and says, and the fellowship of his suffering. Because you see, my friend, when you, when you know him, and the more you get to know him through his word, and see how he thinks, and how he, he operates, and what's on his heart, and what his mind is it focused on, then the more you know the liberating power of his resurrection life in you, the more it's not I, but it's Christ living in me. And the more it's Christ living in you, the more you enter into the communion and the fellowship of his suffering. You say, what's that, Brother Rick? Well, we're not talking about entering into our Lord's Calvary suffering for sin. That's a place where Christ alone went. And he died once for all. And when he said it's finished, it was done forever. And the atoning, voluntary, vicarious, sin-bearing substitute did it all, paid all of our sin debt. But you know, Paul talked about it in Colossians 1, verse 24, when he said, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. You know what he's talking about. He's talking about bearing the reproach of Christ, bearing rejection for the sake of others, to get the word of God out. You see, when, when, when it's Christ living in you, the world's attitude toward Christ was, they, he said, they've hated me without a cause. If he's living in you, they're not going to think any different of him living in you than they thought of him living in his flesh 2,000 years ago. And Paul says, you know, there's that natural consequence where I, I enter into the fellowship of his suffering. I enter into the privilege of serving and yea, all they that will love godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. What's he talking about? He's talking about just simply the life of Christ living in you. But you see, my friend, when you begin to be consumed with what it is that consumes the heart of God, that's what he's talking about. Um, our Lord no longer hangs on the cross. He lives on the throne. But the heart that, that, that bled on Calvary's cross is now the heart that sits on that throne. And God's purpose, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, God's purpose has now been revealed to us in his word. And we see what it, what it is God is accomplishing today through the cross work of Christ. And when we see that, we not only have that as the place for us to rest and to become our life, but that life that it becomes in us lives out through us and allows us to enter in to the purpose of that cross work. You see, Jesus Christ gave his life at Calvary for you. So he could give his life to you when you trust him. So you could know him. And you could know the power of his life living in you. And then that he could live his life through you day by day as you walk by faith in an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you. And you can enter into the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto His death, having His image being made manifest, His life manifest in us. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the, 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 the life that Easter brings for every believer. Is this what your life is, is really, is your Christian life really about this? Or is it just about going to church? 
Or is it just about maybe doing some religious duty on a daily basis or a weekly basis that you hope maybe would make God happy with you so he'll accept you in heaven at last? Or is it really Christ living in you? Well, that's what God desires it to be. That's what the cross is about. And it's when you make a conscious choice to rely exclusively on the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone as your Savior that God gives you his life. And then it's when you make the conscious choice to walk on a daily basis exclusively by faith in the identity God gives you in his Son that that life lives in you for his glory. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape that will help you to understand some of these things and the reality that God desires them to be in your life so that instead of it being religion, it'll be a real living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that lives in you. The tape's entitled, The Believer's Greatest Privilege. The Believer's Greatest Privilege to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and thus to be made conformable unto his death, to have it be Christ and him and him alone, to be everything. I'd like to give you the free Bible study tape. If you want the joy that that that, that will never fail you, this tape, this information, this is the place to find it. If you're tired of the treadmill today, here's the answer. Let me give you the free tape. Simply call us here. 888-535-2300 is the toll-free number. That's 888-535-2300. You can write, of course. You can write me here at The Riches of Grace, Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. The easiest way to get in touch with us, of course, and to get this free Bible study is simply to call us here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. We're trying to be easy to get in touch with. We want to put this information into your hands because it'll make a difference in your life for God's glory. You know, this is a religious time of the year. People are thinking about spiritual things when they, never, when they don't all the rest of the year. You need to settle the fact for sure for yourself, that you know for sure that you have eternal life as a present possession, that your sins are forgiven, and that the life of Jesus Christ that's received at salvation is living in your life day by day. That's what the riches of grace is all about. So call today, 888-535-2300, and get your free copy of this Bible study. Uh, it, it, it'll be something that'll help ground your faith and your feet in the truth of God's Word and God's grace to you in Christ can also tell you that there are folks in your area who appreciate these things, and you need to know about them. Um, this is listener-supported radio. I tell you that from time to time. Uh, if, if we've helped you with the truth of God's Word, then why don't you consider helping us help others? Well, there are folks in your area that, that are just of that mindset. Um, they love the message of grace enough to put us on this station each week right here so that you and others in your area can hear God's Word rightly divided. They, they meet this weekend in your community, uh, and they gather around the truths of God's Word rightly divided. Let me put you in touch with them, will you? Uh, if you don't have a Bible study to attend, an assembly to attend this weekend where the Word of God is rightly divided, the message of grace is the issue, you are robbing yourself. You need to be uh, in, in fellowship with these saints. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. I'd like to put you in, in contact with folks in your area, right where you are, that rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. 888-535-2300. 
is the number to call. Thanks for being with us today. We're certainly happy you joined us each week at this time. We'll we'll meet again this next week. Maranatha. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.